Question. Yes. Mm, during these days, we have been speaking with the devotees about uh, an article from Srila Bhaktivedanta Kesu Maharaj the, about how to um, properly identify Vaishnava. So sometimes we regarding this topic, uh, and <coughs> let say that how, how to establish adhikars connected to level of faith and knowledge based on Prabhupada's statement in Bhaktivedanta Samhita Sindhu. But of course that section mainly refers to Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti and connected to the idea of, of Black Bhakti, we have the idea of Nova or read whatever that is the one who establishes <coughs> the Adhikar Puraganuga Bhakti. So basically the question would be how to connect these two considerations in the case of, for example, Najata Ruchi Vaganuga Sadhaka. Mm-hmm. How to properly establish Adhikar for someone who is threading the Bhakti without yeah. Prabhupada. <laughs> so Sometimes the Buddhists makes or confuse these considerations. And, and well, what Marsh is referring to is that in, in, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, in the uh, second um, chapter of the first, uh, first division, <coughs> Rupa Goswami has described his divisions there like an ocean north, south, east, and west, and different waves within. It's the ocean, the title of the book, the Bhakti Rasa Amrita Sindhu. Sindhu means ocean, it's an ocean of Bhakti Rasa. So, and the second wave of the eastern section of the ocean of Bhakti Rasa. The subject is, is, is spiritual practice, or sadhana. And there are two types of sadhana, that are described there. Uh, Vaidhi, sadhana bhakti. Vaidhi here means it means rules, vidhi, rules. Um, and 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 the second type of sadhana is called raganuga sadhana bhakti. And uh, rag means attachment, really, uh, which is obviously a driving force, right? in our lives, so the implication is, of course, attachment to Krishna. And anuga means to follow, so attachment to Krishna, following in the way in which his different associates in the Leela are attached to him, like his friends are attached to him, or gopis are attached to him, and so forth, following their example. Now, that said, these are the two types of sadhana. Rupa Goswami begins his explanation of sadhana, he begins explaining Vaidhi Bhakti, and he describes the eligibility for treading the path, what makes one eligible. And he explains that faith makes one eligible, or gives one eligibility for treading the path. I've said before that one needs faith to do anything. So the Gita has defined, the Gita Krishna has defined a person as his or her faith. Faith is the animating principle in life. If I don't have faith, Pujapachita Marsh had a slogan uh, or a phrase, what would you call it? Uh, a saying uh, that suspicion leads to suspension. It's very practical. If we're suspect, then we're suspended. 
I don't know if we can go forward here or proceed. And um, so as there is faith, so there is the proceeding, which also implies that faith is a kind of movement. That's why I like to say faith is a more uh, powerful uh, vehicle, if you will, for apprehending the the absolute, the truth, as opposed to reason. Reason implies uh, some kind of fence sitting. I'll think about it. Whereas faith implies, as we're explaining it, movement. And so the classic example of examining the honey in the jar without taking off the lid and and tasting it. So the reason would be like to examine the honey, what it's like, and the faith in the subsequent movement that that encompasses it. is in this example, taking off the lid and tasting the honey. So tasting the honey gives one an understanding of honey that analyzing it uh, without tasting uh, could could never compare to, even though you might know all the parts. So you could intellectually know a thing. Uh, you could intellectually know, understand bhakti siddhanta, the siddhanta of bhakti, but if you didn't have faith that resulted in in the, in the practice and so forth, you would never taste really what it's all about. And a simple person with little knowledge enough to give rise to faith who uh, proceeded uh, in the way of faith, if you will, and tasted it, would know much more about it, even though they might not be able to articulate the theory as well as someone else. It's possible. Of course, gradually they will they'll learn more about it as well. Um, so, therefore, reason is most beautiful when it becomes an ornament of faith. When, it, when, when you reason about our faith, to give reason support and so forth, reason is, is, is in a second, secondary position, a subordinate role, hmm? not the lead role. Hmm? Reason is, after all, a faculty, a function of the intellect, which is one of the material ingredients, as Krishna describes in the Gita in a very concise form. We were citing this verse the other day. Buddhi is intelligence is one of the material, subtle uh, elements, if you will. <clears throat> so, faith, on the other hand, of course, there's faith in different modes of nature, but in either case, faith generated from Tamaguna, faith generated from Rajaguna, faith generated from Sattvaguna, all that's going to cause movement. And then there is faith that comes from sadhusanga, faith in Krishna. And, of course, that's transcendental. So this is a proper vehicle for going. So one who develops faith through sadhusanga in the efficacy of Krishna Nam and uh, in Krishna as the ideal, the goal, um, then he or she... um, 
proceeds and, and then starts to reason about it, reason how to serve best, not whether or not I should. Hmm? Uh, again, there's an example of reason subordinate to and ornamenting faith. So, uh, relative to the question and, and, and explanation um, of it, before answering it, the ticket, if you will, or the price to pay in order to have the qualification to tread the path of Uttam Bhakti is faith. And again, faith is this divine faith, but faith is that which animates us, and so a person is their faith, so to speak. Faith in bhakti, derived from sadhu sangha, is all we need to proceed on the path of bhakti. But, or in contrast, if you want to proceed on the path of yoga, astanga yoga, to achieve trans- a transcendental result, or the path of gyan, gyan yoga, path of knowledge, karma yoga. You need faith. You need faith to follow the Varnashram system, the religious system. You need faith, but you need faith plus something else. There are other ingredients. For example, to tread the Gyan Marg, you have to have a pure heart. Tread the Yoga Marg, well, you have to be celibate. Those are some pretty high-ticket items there. <laughs> are, uh, highly, uh, uh, quite a bit of qualification is required. Quite less qualification, in one sense, is required for the devotee. Nothing extra but just divine faith, which is more powerful, given where it's coming from, than anything on the semi-ascending paths. In other words, bhakti is a descending path that comes down to us. Yoga is somewhat of an ascending path. You're going to fight your way up there in jnana and nishkam karma as well. That's why I say in bhakti we make an effort to get grace. It's a very different kind of effort than than we find in, in, in the other paths. So, all you need is faith. Faith in, in bhakti. And how do you get faith in bhakti? Well, you associate with people who have faith and it's contagious, right? So, so Rupa Goswami says that there's tender faith, there's firm faith, and then there's uh, faith that is, um, it is of, of a superlative nature. And accordingly, one is more, less or more equipped or eligible to tread the path. So if one's faith is tender and not very well supported by the scriptural argument and so forth, then it's, you're not going to be able to proceed as well with as full of an understanding of what you're doing and so forth. And, and other arguments may come and, and, and get in the way of your progress and, and so forth. If you're in an intermediate um, position, then you have strong faith, firm faith, and you're acquainted with the scriptural argument, although you may not be able to answer it and repeat it and so forth. And then in the superlative, the devotee's faith is strong and uh, he or she has a scriptural genius, ability to reason 
as to the implications of the scripture and the land on on his feet and so on and so forth. So this is the case for eligibility for bhakti sadhana bhakti. Now the other kind of bhakti sadhana bhakti is again raganuga bhakti. And in that section, Rupa Goswami says that the qualification for raga bhakti is he uses the word lobha. Uh, it literally means uh, greed. Jiva Goswami in his Sandarbhas uses the word ruchi, which means taste, taste, thirst, greed. Uh, when you have a greed for something, you don't ask any questions, and even if it's not appropriate, you do it anyway. So there's a very there's a driving force. I've got to have it somehow or other, and there is no reasoning that's going to get in my way. It's going to stop me, and um, and so on. So these are obviously therefore therefore it said the rag path. One can make advancement more readily. This is driven by taste and a thirst, and and the vaidhi path is one that's more reasoned out, and and and. And there are different motivations with that path. I might proceed on the path of bhakti because if I don't, Scripture says this will this will be bad. If I do, Scripture says this is right. It's the dutiful thing to do. And in rag bhakti, it doesn't. That's that's not an issue, whether it's right or wrong. And the perfect example of those who are followed in the rag path, the gopis, the gopas of Vrindavan, whether it's right or wrong, they're dealing with Krishna. They're wrestling God and putting him on the ground. In the case of his friends, herding cows with him and slapping him on the back, and and people say you can't deal with God like that. They're greedy, actually. They're they're they do things inappropriately. Understand? They do things embarrassingly. Like you passed the plate around. Anybody want that last piece of pizza? I'll take it. <laughs> okay. I was, yeah, I asked. So okay. Yeah. So. So they act in ways that, from the Vaikuntha or reverential loving perspective, look inappropriate. Hmm? Um, but of course, it's very pleasing to Krishna, driven as those devotees are by, by, by love for him and intimacy. So there seems to be two different measures of eligibility. Faith, simple faith, in one sense, and, and greed, which implies if I have greed for Krishna it doesn't make a lot of sense to think that I would have greed for Krishna while still having greed for things of the world or a taste and thirst for things of the world that never measured up too well in my mind uh, to give a very um, kind of uh, liberal interpretation of of greed for Krishna. I think that the, the, the interpretation of the term is one that should really speak to what the word says. The two being so polar opposites, in other words, greed for, like, say, the opposite sex, which is pretty common and central to the human experience, and greed for Krishna, they kind of cancel one another out. So so this, so there's, in one sense, the eligibility for 
Rag Bhakti is, is greater. And what Mars is asking about is the fact that that we are all on the path of Rag Bhakti, even though we have greed in an ordinary sense and taste for ordinary things. We're on the Rag path because that's the path of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's tradition. The path goes to Vrindavan. That's where it goes. And this is the madness of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that he's come to taste the bhava of Radha. He has to become a sadhu, as we've been explaining to do that. In the context of becoming a sadhu, it overflows to other people hmm, who aren't qualified. And they become attracted to that ideal, even though they still have attraction to worldly things. And because they have attraction to worldly things, it's difficult for them to put in place, if not impossible, all of the practices in Rag Bhakti, one of which is smarnam, or internal meditation on the Leela from a certain vantage point of, of spiritual emotion, um, And as we know, meditation requires a pure heart. We said gyan and dhyan, they require a pure heart. So bhakti, of course, comes into the heart, purifies it, and makes meditation possible. Kirtan takes over the mind and absorbs it, and so on and so forth. So, well and good. But there are devotees, like most of them, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, who are on the ragmarg because the path of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Nam Sankirtan is going to Vrindavan. How do we know that? Because, well, what does Narutam Thakur say? Premodhan Hari Nam Sankirtan. It's through the medium of Nam Sankirtan that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishna exported the love of Vrindavan, the Dhan, the Premadhan, the wealth of love through the medium of Sankirtan in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and people are being touched by that and that's where it's taking them. Nam Shreshtam. Apisachaputram. Uh, the highest conception of the name means the name that takes one to Vrindavan Bhakti. Hmm? So that's the path we're on. That's where we're going. We have no interest in Vaikuntha. And the more we talked about Vaikuntha, the less interested we become in it. Hmm? So, but our Bhakti is not driven by taste, it may be driven by the reasoning as to the ideal of Rag Bhakti. Hmm? Knowledge about Rag Bhakti may be driving our path rather than taste. So Jiva Goswami has uh, developed a term that he calls, well, a term, he says, Ajata Ruchi, Raganuga, Sadhana Bhakti. It's a long term, but Ajata means without and Ruchi means taste. So Rag Bhakti without taste. But rag means the t- taste. Loba means the taste. So how can you have rag bhakti without taste? So he says, we may come in touch with the devotee of the rag marg, and that's sampradaya, hmm? and become attached to him or her, hmm? their ideal as they talk about it, and so on and so forth. Um, but we, we ourselves are not, our bhakti is not driven by taste. So, we're on the path, we attach ourselves to such a sadhu, and we combine our vaiti bhakti, our regular 
regular practices of hearing and chanting, attending the Mangalarti and the Seva Puja of the deity and so on and so forth, um, with the ideal of Rag Bhakti. And as we progress, we incorporate other practices of Rag Bhakti, which we now have eligibility for, as the greed, as the taste grows and develops. Hmm? So there is a mixing of Rag and Vaidhi Bhakti with Rag, the, the ideal of Rag Bhakti in mind. Vaidhi Bhakti unto itself takes one to Vaikuntha, for example. So this is a different kind of Vaidhi Bhakti, mixed with Rag and not, we don't want to attain a mixture of Rag and Vaidhi, like to become a queen in Dwarka. But we want to, we have no other alternative but to um, incorporate practices of Rag Bhakti that we're eligible for in the context of our hearing and chanting, which is basically Vaidhi Bhakti. Um, that matter, Rupa Goswami says, when the taste comes, then it should be fortified by hearing and chanting by Vaidhi Bhakti. So even he talks about a mixture, if you will, of sorts. But Jiva Goswami invokes the term Ajata Ruchi Raghunagabhakti. So Maharaj's question is that if we if we are Raghunagabhaktas without Ruchi and, and following, um, what is the eligibility, right? If eligibility for Raghunagabhakti is Loba and eligibility for Vaidhi Bhakti is Shraddha, What's the eligibility for Ajata Ruchi Raghunuga Bhakti? Hmm. Well, uh, there's a couple things that can be said, but one thing about Raghunuga Bhakti that is important to note is that while greed, if you will, the spiritual greed or taste, is the eligibility, at the same time it's mentioned in the last verse in that section of, of Rupa Goswami that no one can attain Raghunuga Bhakti or come onto the path of Rag Bhakti without Matkripa, without having the grace, the mercy of a person of, 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 of spiritual um, consequence on, on the path. And, he, and there's an important point that he makes there because it, although Dharma does not qualify one for bhakti. You could be as dharmic as you want, but you have to have faith in bhakti to tread the path of bhakti. And then Krishna says in the Gita, give up the dharma marg, have faith in me alone, surrender to me. So however pious you become doesn't make you a devotee. Right? And that I'm this pious, therefore I should... Uh, you know the story of the man who... Brahman who wanted to enter into the kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in in, uh, in Srivasangam. You know the story? Tell the devotees. Uh, he was hiding in the closet? No, no, no. Oh. No. Oh, the Brahmachari only drank milk. Yeah, yeah. So what did he say? Uh, I only drink milk so I should be able to enter the kirtan. Which is a pretty pure life, right? <laughs> only drink milk. That's all. I don't take from anywhere. If the cow offers, I, I, I want to enter your kirtan. Mahaprabhu thought it was, it was a joke. You think that just by drinking milk you can get into my kirtan? That's not possible. Hmm? It's another, there's another qualification there. Hmm? 
So, um, that man cursed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but he would not have a happy family life. <laughs> and so, that's the external reason for his sannyas, which is the result of which is ourselves. Because when he took sannyas, he went and preached and distributed this ragmarg everywhere. So we like that Brahmin, <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> so, um, so we can only come onto the ragmarg by the mercy of a great devotee. But that said, you can only come to Vaidhi Bhakti by Bhakti. Only Bhakti gives Bhakti. But within the Varnashram system, worship of Vishnu is also there. So the worship of Shiva and Surya and Saraswati and this one for this occasion, that occasion, for this purpose and that purpose. Vishnu too. So Vishnu, Bhakti, some little elements of Vishnu Bhakti are within the Varnashram. So it is possible to say that you can become qualified for Vaidhi Bhakti within the Varnashram because of having worship Vishnu, which will result in time and faith and, mm-hmm. and then bhakti. <laughs> uh, but that is not possible for Rag Bhakti. Hmm? Not, not possible. So that's a special, it's a special thing. You need association with the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sampradaya. Hmm? And we have that. We have that. So, therefore, the opportunity has been presented before us. There is no other opportunity that's really being presented by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sampradaya, properly understood. This is what he's presenting. So, um, and we also have some little little attraction for that. We are, again, to, we're attracted to the knowledge of the, uh, uh, that uh, extols the virtues of the ideal and uh, explains the path and so on and so forth. That said, when we go back to Rupa Goswami's description of faith and then we look at Lobha, these are not separate things either. When Rupa Goswami is speaking about Raghunuga Bhakti, he says you need, you need Lobha, this greed, to follow the inhabitants of Vrindavan, and you need to do these two things. But when he is saying those th- that, it doesn't mean that he's ignoring everything else that he said, hundreds of verses about Vaidhi Bhakti. For example, one of the limbs of the body of Vaidhi Bhakti, what's the first limb of the, of, of the body of Vaidhi Bhakti? What do you think? Guru Parash, take shelter of the Guru. Hmm? What's the next one? Take take Diksha, initiation, Siksha, instruction. Vishram Bina Guru Seva, serve the Guru affectionately, hmm? and his his or her associates. So, so and then it goes on, it proceeds, right? So now when Rupa Goswami is talking about Raghunuga Bhakti, he says you need uh, greed taste, to follow in the footsteps of Lalitasaki, Rupa Manjari, Sridham Saka, Krishna's friend, and so forth. Hmm? So it doesn't mean that you don't need a guru. It doesn't mean that you don't need to be initiated. All that has not been now uh, 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 relegated only to Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? That would be a misunderstanding. 
And similarly, faith. Hmm? Faith is also required. Hmm? If you have a taste and greed, it, it's implied that faith is also there. Therefore, in his Bhakti Tattva Vivek, are you familiar with that book? Yeah. Bhakti Thakur has written a book called Bhakti Tattva Vivek, and he invokes the term Shraddhamayi Lobha. When he's talking about Raghunuga Bhakti, Shraddhamayi Lobha. Lobha, or greed, that is Shraddhamayi, or Shraddhamayi, filled with faith of the Lobha type. Hmm? Mayi means to be filled, Shraddha means faith. So he's saying Shraddhamayi, Shraddha, faith for Vaidhi Bhakti. Shraddhamayi Lobha, it really means faith that is filled with Lobha. Hmm? So it's faith with loba that enables me to tread the rag path, and it is that kind of faith that enables me to tread to tread the the the, uh, the ajata ruchi rag marg. It's not a different marg. It's not a third thing. Hmm? It's not like you have rag bhakti, you have vaidhi bhakti, you have ajata ruchi rag bhakti. Ajata ruchi rag bhakti is rag bhakti. Hmm? It's just describing a particular type of rag bhakti in terms of where he or she is at in the practice, in the culture, hmm? which is basically on the path by association, lacking in terms of taste, hmm? uh, being the, uh, the element that, that, that drives the practice. But there's some taste and some attraction, some greed, and it comes up, shows up like this. As I say, if we start talking about Bhakti, go no, no, I'm not interested in that. I, I, I want to go to Vrindavan. <laughs> I want that kind of bhakti. I want to. I, I want to live in Vaikuntha. I want to live in along the banks of the Jamuna, <laughs> and herd cows with Krishna, meet him at Govardhan, at Radhakund, and so forth. So we have some attraction to these things. Prabhupada, of course, used to emphasize that one should read the first nine cantos before reading the tenth canto. But he gave us and the whole world the tenth canto first in the form of a little book called, the, well, a big book actually, called the Krishna book, which is the whole tenth canto of the Bhagavatam in a narrative form. And so when he was asked about that once, Prabhupada, you were always saying we should read the first nine cantos first. Then he gave us the Krishna book, and I was selling the Krishna book at Kmart's, you know, before there were Kmart's. I don't know what they were then. Um, you know, the regular shoppers, the Krishna book. It's the tenth candle of the Bhagavatam, about the leelas of Krishna. <laughs> and so, when Prabhupada was asked, well, you know, you said we read the ninth candles first and the tenth candle, but you gave the Krishna book first. And Prabhupada said something like, well, I had to give a little, uh, you know, taste for what it was all about what what the ideal was you know, uh, some uh, which would which would the implication which would be the driving force Krishna the supreme personality of God I think it was what his book was called uh, the Krishna book used to call him right and so you read about Krishna you, you, and, and and you liked Krishna here was this this idea of God. It was very different here in the Western world than, 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 than God of the Bible, the Abrahamic religions, or, or the Quran, or Vishnu, or 
uh, Durga or this one or that one, Krishna. He's saying he's attractive. His name means all attractive. He had these human-like pastimes, and so so uh, he was attracted. We were attracted to his attraction, and the stories of Krishna were were the sweetest. Um, um, uh, discourse or discussion, uh, you know, amongst amongst uh, uh, the uh, in the midst of the philosophical discussions and so forth. This was the so it really is the driving force, if you will. So I said I had to give a little taste of what was to come, just to get people going. So in one sense, we are all driven by that ideal. Now one could get distracted, and I have seen some people uh, get distracted and think, you know, I should. I'm a devotee of Nishringa Day or this or that. It's very seldom. But, um, you can usually straighten them out. Or or maybe from a previous birth, I got that. And so you know, if it's strong enough, we, we encourage it. But by and large, you don't, without realizing it, you're on the path, you're treading it. That's your goal. That's your ideal. That's the ideal you cherish to enter into into Vrindavan, and with a little more knowledge, you understand what, where in Vrindavan, what opportunities, what is the, what is the, what kind of Gopi Bhav, what kind of Madhurya Rasas is, is 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 the ideal of our sampradaya, which is and available. What what is this, what is possible with the uh, Sakirasa Gornet, you know, so gradually these uh, little detail then. Yeah, well, which one will I choose? <laughs> you know, you don't have to get caught up in that. Pick one and stick with it. Something like that. And of course, you will, with a little thoughtfulness, you'll be able to figure it out scripturally with spiritual intellect. Then it can be fixed. That's part of nishta. Fix that up. That's fixed up. So then, then, then you go and then taste will come in the next stage. Real taste, consistent taste. And of that type, of that type, that's ruchi bhakti. Then comes attachment to Krishna. In that form, it corresponds with that particular taste, and that brings us to bhakti in 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 in, in, in ecstasy, graduating from the practitioner's stage. So, so we're on path, and uh, faith, um, maybe not filled with loba, but with some loba. With a little bit of loba, <laughs> something, something like that. So it's not a difference. Not, not faith is not is also part of the the equation. Does that help? What else? Yes. Kind of, kind of following this, and maybe taking it to just a, to the next step, perhaps. Um, some time ago, we read uh, Madhusudana Maharaja's uh, The Glories of uh, Yogamaya, uh, Sri Yogamaya. Uh-huh. And do you know this book? Uh, yeah. So in, in uh, one of the chapters, it says uh, Sri Yogamaya bestows uh, the gopi's body. Uh, and so he, he basically cites um, Rupa Goswami in... Uh, Nilamani, uh, and and then proceeds to say uh, that the that the sadhaka uh, who had developed 
Lucia, this greed for the mood of the residents of Brudge, and then uh, develops um, uh, their devotion in the mood of uh, Raghunuda, as we're talking about, will, uh, <coughs> according to their particular uh, mood, uh, take birth of a gopi, uh, either alone or in groups of two and three. And, and this would be in the Prakatvila. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about how that's where the, uh, you know, uh, where the Sada Siddha, you know, joins the Nitya Siddha uh, mm-hmm. and where the Sada Siddha then will experience advanced forms of uh, bhakti all the way up to Mahabhava. But my question is, is um, that idea of uh, being born of the womb of a gopi either alone or in groups of two and three. And You're wondering what that means. What does that mean? What, what, yeah. Who are the groups? Why would one come in alone? Why would the other come uh-huh. in a group? That's a simple uh, answer to that. Is that uh, In the scriptures there are uh, descriptions of sages in Dandakaranya forest who were chanting the Gopal mantra, meditating on the Gopal mantra. And when Ram was in exile, he came through the forest and they saw Ram. And basically the, 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 their mantra, the efficacy of their chanting had reached a point where the deity appeared before them, but in the form of Ram. And, and so they were attracted and, and, and but Ram said no I, I your ideal is to become gopis in parakia unwedded love and I have taken a vow ekpatni vrata only to have one wife Sita it's a big vow for a chatriya hmm? and so in, in the story is in my next keep chanting keep meditating in my next incarnation as Krishna then I'll gather you up and you can you can join me in that Leela. So that's a group of sages who were practicing together and the whole group became gopis. Similarly, there are certain Upanishads that um, are focused on, on bhakti, like Gopal Tapani Upanishad, for example. And so there are said to be um, sages that preside over the Upanishads. And so they're another group that's mentioned in Scripture that came as a group, whereas more typically individuals are practicing and they go at their own pace and time and so on and so forth. That's all it refers to. So some come as groups, you know, a bunch of them. <laughs> some, some come individually, something like that. That's all it refers to. But yeah, the idea is they take birth in the Prakat Leela from a gopi. But the gopis don't have any kids. <laughs> Problem. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Those are the young gopis. <laughs> they're older ones. They, they, uh, they have kids. Mm-hmm. And they're not in parakeet above. Mm-hmm. 
the go, young gopis in Parky above, they, don't, they, they appear to have kids, or they, they I guess it's mentioned that uh, maybe it's mentioned some of them had had children. Uh, I don't think so. I don't recall. Anyway, yeah. Um, you yeah. said before that the, the gopis are like different emotional aspects of Radharani. Yeah, yeah. Can the same be said about Krishna and his sakas? Krishna and his sakas. Hmm. They. Um, are not referred to in the same way. The gopis are referred to as like kaivyuha, means expansions of Radharani for that purpose. The gopas are not exp- not considered in the same way, like expansions of Krishna. Uh, now that said, Baladev Prabhu he expands or. I don't know what you call it, I have a good word for it, but and it has no beginning, but manifests devotees for Dasiras, Sakiras, and Madhurya Rasa. No, excuse me, and Batsali Rasa. For participation in Golok and then in Vaikuntha as Mahasankrishan, like associates of the Vishnu. These are all manifestations through Shakti, like Subal, like Sridham, Stoka Krishna, Kinkini, Vasudham, hmm? Subahu, and so forth. Hmm? Great names. <laughs> so they're all manifestations of Balaram hmm? for the sake of serving Krishna. They're all in Sakirasa. There are different kinds of Sakirasa, mixed. Sangu, mixed with Dasya, mixed with uh, Vatsalya, or unmixed. And then there's unmixed, influenced by Madhurya Rasa. So that latter group there, some influence of Madhurya Rasa coming from the Radharani side. Otherwise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's a comparison, expansions of Balaram, but not that each one represents a particular emotion Something like that. Uh, they all peculiar embodiments of. I guess they're all perfect embodiments of friendship for Krishna that function in differently to, to serve him best in, in any given circumstance. So you could make a parallel like that. It's, it's nice theological thinking on your part to ask that that question. Yes. Right. Nunca. Yeah. Right. Well, one thing is that Krishna never goes out of Vrindavan, neither do the gopis. So what kind of gopis? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of Nanda Maharaj? What kind of Yashoda? What kind of cowards? Because they all went, right? So, yeah, they are. Um, Krishna, when Krishna is Akrura, comes from Mathura to bring Krishna and Balaram to Mathura, 
to wrestle with Janura uh, and Mustika. You know? When Kamsa wanted to kill Krishna, one of the things that he did was he invited Krishna and Balaram to come to Mathura for a wrestling match. Mantendas? And so Akrura was living in Mathura, and Kamsa said, go and bring Krishna and Balaram here. You know the story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Akrura came to bring Krishna and Balaram to uh, Kamsa and engage in the, in the wrestling affair. And of course, the idea of Kamsa was that they would be killed, um, but, he, but he pretended it was for entertainment and, and, uh, and so forth. So at that time, Krishna and Balaram got on the chariot of Rakura and they went. And when they were going, what did they do along the way? Do you know? Before they got to Mutura, what happened? Who can say? They stopped and took a bath. They stopped and took a bath at a place that's called a Kuragat. Kuragat. God means a bathing place. So they stopped there. And when they went in the water and they bathed, and Akura was on the chariot, he looked in the water and he saw Vishnu floating on Anantasesha. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. He saw Krishna, I mean, as Vishnu, and Balaram as Anantasesha. He looked at them. And he looked back at the chariot. Then he looked back and they were Krishna and Balaram. He was amazed. Hmm? Right? So what happened at that time is that Krishna and Balaram became the original Krishna and Balaram of Vrindavan. They became unmanifest. This is Swayam Bhagavan Sri Krishna and um, And Balaram, who is um, Vaibhaprakash Balaram. Hmm? It's a particular kind of manifestation of Krishna with different emotions, different complexion, we call Balaram. Hmm? Vaibhaprakash. So the Vaibhaprakash of Balaram only exists in Vrindavan, nowhere else. Only in Vrindavan. And Krishna... The original Swami Bhagavan, only in Vrindavan. So when Mathura, when before they got outside of Vrindavan, they were on the road, before they, just on the outskirts, hmm, Krishna and Balaram, Baba Prakash Balaram, became unmanifest, disappeared. They remain in Vrindavan, invisible, staying there. Hmm. Now, what you have is Mool Sankarshan and Vasudev Krishna, who are now on the chariot going to Vrindavan. And that Mool Sankarshan, Balaram, he's no longer Vaibhavrakash. He's another, what do we call? Going to Mathura. Yeah. Yeah, he's not Vaibhavrakash anymore. That's a particular, that's a Rupa Goswami's term. A different, a particular type of manifestation. Uh, what's the other term? Um, hmm. I forget. Anyway, Balaram outside of Vrindavan is not the Vaibhava Prakash 
of Vrindavan. Hmm? Prabhav Prakash, yeah. Not, no, not Prabhav, Vaibhav Prabhav Prakash, Prabhav something. There's, there's Prabhav Prakash also in Vrindavan. But yeah, Prabhav Vilas, there you go. <laughs> anyway, it's a technical term. <laughs> Point is that that's a different Krishna. Hmm? Who, who, who is the object of love, Antennas, that corresponds with the people of, of Mathura. Hmm? Okay? And, and so that Vasudev Krishna and that Mool Sankarshan, Balaram, have expanded for Leela in Mathura and Dwaraka. Hmm? And they're performing pastimes there. And when they come from Dwaraka to Kurukshetra, hmm, right? That's not Swayam Bhagavan Krishna. <coughs> and when, <coughs> excuse me, the inhabitants of Vrindavan and gopis go and meet them, those are corresponding manifestations of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. Hmm? The, ori- the originals are there in Vrindavan. Hmm? Yeah, something like that. Hmm? Expansions of themselves are there with Krishna, with Kurukshetra. <laughs> something like that. Hmm? It's uh, described, I think, in the uh, what's that word? Uh, Sanat Kumar Samhita. Hmm? Uh, there's a term also for Radharani. What is that? Some Mohini. Some Mo- no, not Mohini. Some Mohini Radha. She's the Radha that ap- that appears there, and correspondingly, other other friends of Krishna, the mother and father of Krishna. So it's a very uh, technical theological uh, point. But not only is it not the original Krishna, it's not the original. Radharani, but it's a manifestation of Radharani for Leela in that place. And that purpose of that Leela is to teach us about the virtues, the glory of Vrindavan. Hmm? The purpose of that Leela in Kurukshetra is to show the importance of Vrindavan. Hmm? So Krishna and gopis meet in Kurukshetra with Vrindavan in mind. Hmm? And where your mind is, this is another way of thinking about it, where your mind is that is where you are. Right? Wherever your mind, wherever your heart is, that's where you are. So in Kurukshetra, Radharani's heart and Krishna's heart are in Vrindavan. Hmm? But there's some slight obstacle because they're not in Vrindavan. <laughs> but, the, but the whole point of that whole Leela, that whole Leela is enacted by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Rathayatra. In Rathayatra, Mahaprabhu is meditating on the meeting of Radha and Krishna in Kurukshetra. And that meaning is all about Vrindavan. That's what it's about. Well, yeah, Viprilamba. But it means that, 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 um, yeah. Radharani wants Krishna in Vrindavan. Radharani tells Krishna, my mind is Vrindavan, more man Vrindavan. Hmm? And you have to come there and live in my mind, Vrindavan. I can't have you as a riding on an elephant as a prince. There's no Jamuna 
There's no Govardhan. How can we have Parakya here in this place? So that although they're in that place, the preoccupation of Radha is only with Vrindavan and Krishna's heart is being drawn there. Hmm? You understand? Hmm. Sri Dharmar described Jagannath Puri to be like a train crash between Vrindavan and Dwaraka. You know, if two trains crash, in Mantienda's train? Mm-hmm. How do you say train? Yeah. Problem. So this is the Dwarka train and the Vrindavan train. Radharani Express, <laughs> Jagannath Express. <laughs> the Dwarka Express and the Vrindavan Express, they meet in a crash. And what is the result? Jagannath. He's crashed. You understand? This is Jagannath. And he got in a crash. He was in a train crash. It's Krishna in Dwaraka, but his eyes are looking for Radharani. When he sees Mahaprabhu, Jagannath, there she is. I think. And Mahaprabhu dancing in Rathayatra and Jagannath. <gasps> That's Krishna in, Brinda, in Dwaraka being drawn to Vrindavan. Hmm? You see? And, and it, the Ratha is commemorating that, that, that Kurukshetra setting hmm? where Krishna, Dwarka Krishna goes to Kurukshetra to, to perform sacrifices and the, and, the, and the gopis come there and so forth. So. So. The second question is about Yamanath, Valadevam Suvaya. Nagatulai and Kaya, he was telling me I was telling he, I was asking him, no, what exactly the story from before from Jagannath and he told me, no, you're sure that this story you hear all your life from the Queen. They was making the deities, and and they leave the deities not end. The deities was not ending. Mm-hmm. Finished. This form, we have Jagannath Baladeva Subhadra, is the real form from the artist. This is the form you wanted to make. You understand what he said? Si, pero... <laughs> there are many stories about Jagannath. They're all true. Hmm? So this is a, one story. <clears throat> I guess, what is it? Vishvakarma or... So, so. Yeah. Making for Indradumna, the king. And then Vishvakarma said, I will make the deity, but you cannot come and look. If you look, then I will stop at that point. I will not go further. Hmm? So the king is waiting and waiting and waiting. He doesn't hear anything going on in there. And he's thinking, there's a problem. Maybe there's a problem. Maybe there's a problem. But Vishvakarma was meditating on every detail. So he's taking a long time before he made the next. He meditate for a day. So it's going slow. So the king, like he couldn't resist, and he opened the door. So what's going on in there? And they said, "That's it." Boom! Disappeared. So that's he only got that far. Does Jagannath? That's a true story. Hmm? But that, at the same time 
is a depiction. How do you say depiction? Description. De Krishna in a certain bhava, hmm? in Dwarka, remembering Radha. Hmm? And then he goes in ecstasy. So it's a picture of, it's a, it's, a, it's a form of Krishna in ecstasy. So when Krishna wants to accomplish something, many people are part of that. So this was part. And the king stopped. Hmm? But there are higher reasons also. Mientenes? Reasons más alto. También. Yes, he said to me, it was a secret art form, no, no. But he didn't make it, he didn't want to make it like that. The story is he wanted to make it Krishna, but he was interrupted, and so it's Krishna in in, in, in ecstasy. Hmm? Transformation. De la cuerpa. Transformación de la cuerpa. Escuchar. Krishna. Los dos están en Dwarka escuchando y los, ¿cómo se los, los reinas? Reina? Queen? Reinas. Reinas? Hmm? De Eduardo están hablando. Oh, conoce la que es la bhakti de, de Brindavan de los Gopi, Gopikas. Está muy muy bonito, muy muy fuerte y, 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 y están hablando hablando. Y Krishna escucha y cuando los eh, eh, entra eh, su, su ojo Oh, oyo. Transformación de la cuerpo de Krishna. Hmm? Y Badram buscando a Krishna y también él transformación. Y su Badram looking at two of them. <laughs> Problem. <laughs> That is Jagannath, you know. Okay, Jagannaswami ki jai, Sisi Gaurnatananda ki jai, Udivasnav Guru Parampara ki jai, Gaur Bhaktivinda ki jai, Gaur Premanande.